You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takara Martin, counselors, authors of the Soul Ties Detox, and founders of the Soul Ties Healthy Love Club. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, promote self-love for singles, and support strong, healthy relationships for couples. Here on the Soul Ties Podcast, we answer your questions. So join us weekly on Facebook Live, where we look forward to interacting with you live and on air. Do you have a burning question to send us? Then go to relationshipgoals.tv. That's relationshipgoals.tv. Now, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so let's go ahead. You Are you ready for the first uh, I am letter? ready for the first letter. I was just um, getting in there. Okay. Okay, no, 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 no problem. That, no problem at all. So the first letter says, oh boy. Hi, good morning. I need your help understanding a situation. Okay. My boyfriend and I have been in a relationship for almost a year. We talk about getting married and building our lives together. Therefore, I know the direction of our relationship. I have met his family and he has met mine. All of his friends know that we are in a very serious relationship. Recently, he opened up to me and told me that whenever we have an argument or fight as a couple, he cheats on me. He also said that his reason for cheating is a way to deal with his own problems and it has nothing to do with me. Honestly, I'm I'm still confused and I don't know how to understand what he was trying to say. He apologized several times. Matter of fact, he is still apologizing, but I am no longer confident in the relationship. Please help me understand how cheating on your partner helps deal helps with dealing with personal problems. Okay. That's a hard one. Now, here's the thing. I want to make sure that we're clear on this. We understand this is a dating relationship, and typically that's what we talk to, the dating relationships. Right. Now, we when we answer, we understand that there is an investment emotionally, mentally, sometimes physically. There are investments of love and care in these relationships. Absolutely. And so as we address these relationships... We address them as dating relationships, but we do so understanding that there's a lot there that mm. they're holding on to. There's a lot of baggage there. There's a lot of emotional uh, tethering there. And we can't uh, just go in like bulls in a china shop and just start ripping things apart. So I want you to understand that we understand where you're at. So as we answer this, uh, please don't be too sensitive to our answers because there's something in here that we really, really want to get to, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, please help me understand how cheating on your partner helps with dealing with personal problems. That's the wrong question. Oh, but I got an answer for it. But go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. What's the right question? Well, it's not just what's the right question, but why is that question wrong? And the question is wrong, as she said it earlier on. Here's her investment. All these things that's happened between them, we've been together, he's introduced me to this, he's introduced me to that, so on and so forth, and Mm -hmm. everybody knows us. I know of the direction of our relationship. So when you're in a place where where, where you know, where you have bought in to a specific direction of your relationship, and you know where you're going, then when you see things like this, when you see uh, uh, behaviors like this, you're not looking to identify and be upfront with that behavior 
typically we're looking to um, to reconcile that behavior with what we know that we have. Does that yes, make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um, also, what she's basing that whole idea of what that relationship is off of uh-huh. is a little bit immature in terms of when I was younger, I don't know uh-huh. how this young, how old this young lady is, but when I was younger, and I'm sure you could, you can relate. When we were younger, yes. um, when we were introduced to someone's family, when their friends knew that I was the main one, like he wasn't hanging out with his boys all the time because his boys knew that I was number one right. and all that stuff, that was a key indicator that I was his girl. Right. But it was something as a young person that I saw because that's all I could relate a real relationship to. If your friends knew and if I met your family. Absolutely. And so I think, first of all, one of the first things that I pulled out of that was that, okay, that's an indicator of what you believe a real or a deep relationship is. So it it leads me to also question where your experience lies in a long-term loving relationship because that says somebody is quote unquote your girlfriend but that doesn't say that you are grooming me to be your or or that we are in in a not grooming lord forgive me that we are in a relationship that is leading towards marriage absolutely well and and it, it could very well be leading towards that but not in activity not in behavior yeah we could just be talking like that we could just be kicking that vision yeah. we could just be talking those things now here's the thing and you you laid this down you said when you were younger this is how you knew Things were serious. Mm-hmm. And so what's ten, what tends to happen is that we learn to date by having these social, socially acceptable or taught these mechanics of what it means to be serious. Right. So if I talk about marriage, if I kick vision on, and, and fantasy on our future together, right. if I introduce you to my parents or right. my family, if I introduce you to my friends, then now, now that you've been introduced to all these different people, mm-hmm. you now have, you now have felt, you feel chosen. Right. And when you feel chosen, you stop choosing. You see what I'm saying? When you feel chosen, you stop choosing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, here's the thing with all those mechanics right. that most people usually miss, especially in dating. This is why we do the dating by design, by the way. With all of those mechanics, we are looking at what a person does as far as signs and miracles and, and wonders. And wonders. But we're not looking at their behavior. Right. Right. And when I say behavior, yes, this is things that they do, but what is their behavior? What is something that's a part of them? What mm-hmm. is what is it when someone says when someone says that this is what he does when he's upset and or she, when you look at patterns, when you look at uh, repetitive things that they've done, when you look at how they see things, when you look at their perceptions and how they deal with life right. in general, right? Um, now you're looking at behaviors. Because introducing you to my friend isn't a behavior. It is a look who's important. It's a highlight. Right. It's a spotlight. Right. Introducing you to, listen, 
I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how many mamas you've been introduced to. I guarantee you those mamas know everybody else that that person is messing with. And the friends you think, do you really think if you're inter because the friends know you, you don't think they know not to tell you that he was with somebody else last week. Oh, absolutely. Like that is game. And, um, there, because there's other points you're going to get to. So I'm trying to let you hurry up and get to the other points because there are so many other things that I want to say. But just because we have to stop looking at, at these things as, as signs because nowadays people and their relation, like their, their familial and their friendships, they know when you're running game. Absolutely. And so. they know when you are or are not serious about somebody. And so they are going to play along as long as they that's they're loyal to them. They're not loyal to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go back to really what's going on. Let's let's set a foundation here. And I set this foundation very carefully because I know there's there's there are people who are actually in the relationship right now who are watching us mm -hmm. outside of the person who wrote this, who are very sensitive to what's about to be said. And they're sensitive to it. And I'm telling you, even though you're sensitive to it, try to receive this. Number one, dating is temporary. Right. You love them. We understand that, him or her, but dating is temporary. Dating tend to end in two ways. Mm -hmm. Either dating ends in marriage or dating ends in a breakup. Okay, so during this particular period of time of dating, we're going to be building a relationship and observing who we're building that relationship with. with. Right. While you're dating, the entire time while you're dating, you never stop building that relationship. Right. And you never stop observing who you're building that relationship with. Right. And at some point, you have to be honest about what you're observing. As opposed to who you're building with. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Because if you want to maintain the relationship, yeah, you're going to continue to, hey, let's go out. Hey, let's do this. You're going to talk about those things, everything under mm -hmm. the month, month, uh, moon, sun, and stars. But at the same time, you're going to say, how do you, you're looking at how do you deal with this? And chances are, uh -huh. a lot of us have seen these patterns in toxic people. Yes. Chances are you've seen more than just, because he came out and told her this. It wasn't like she came up and discovered it. But you have to see other behaviors that kind of surround this as well when you have somebody who does things like this punitively. A fight starts, you get upset. You leave. It's always on a Friday. It's always on a weekend. It's always right before birthdays. It's always right before holidays. It's always around certain times. A fight starts. They're gone. You don't hear nothing from them. They come back later. Yes. But it's also your fault that they're gone for those few days and come up missing. Things like that are things that we need to be starting to pay very close attention to right up front because people like this the pattern of it and what you're observing in that person, it should not only come from what they're saying. You, This should not have been your first red flag in this relationship. I don't, for the most part, if you've been dating for almost a year, you've observed some patterns and behaviors already that maybe had you thinking something wasn't right. But this, I guarantee you, this was not the first thing that you recognized. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's go ahead. In order to answer this, let's lay down some. So we lay down the ground rule about dating. We understand where we're at with that. Right. She should be continuously observing. observing. So now we're looking at what she's observing. We're also looking at her being in love. We can't hop over that. Of course not. You're in love. And so now what you're doing is you're trying to reconcile behavior with what you want. And so we would call that cognitive dissonance. It's a term that we like to use. It's a term that we use often. But all it very basically, at the very basic level, what it means is I want someone that I don't want. 
I want the person, but I don't want their behavior. Right. I want to separate what I have from what I don't want around me. Yes. And so you're trying to find a way in order to create, to, in order to resolve or reconcile this issue, because if you don't resolve or reconcile it, it's going to drive you mad. It's going, you're always going to be sitting up there like something is wrong. You're always going to be stressed out. Something is always going to be, you're, 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 you just can't rest or have peace. Right. So now there are four ways in which people, in general, with especially with relationships, handles cognitive dissonance or handles uh, trying to be with someone or wanting to be with someone versus not wanting their behavior. Correct. Okay. The first Correct. way is that we lie to ourselves in order to have who we want. We lie to ourselves about their behavior. Mm -hmm. The second way is we just outright ignore their behavior just so that we can have the person mm -hmm. that we want. The third way is we stay we acknowledge, we understand, and we see that behavior, but we stay anyway. And that's real dangerous because it causes us to continue to look over our shoulder, to live in uh, traumatic insecurity, and to never, ever be able to trust them, but continue to try to hang on to them. As a matter of fact, and you, that particular way right there usually drives people into trying to take the, take the uh, responsibility of changing them themselves. Well, well that... They take the responsibility of trying to change that person, but because it, it is always triggered by a fight with you, you also begin to take the responsibility on of yes. their behavior as well. Yes. So you're taking on that responsibility, which means now you're internalizing it, which means there must be something wrong with me, which also means I must stop arguing with them. I must stop making them mad. I must stop doing the things that make them leave me. I have to do whatever I oh need God, to do to yeah. keep them here, right here, right now. What you do not realize has just happened though, is that they are now effectively grooming you to deal with their bad behavior yes they have begun to groom you by saying this is what i do when i get angry with you with you and so here's what you need to accept about me it ain't got nothing to do with you i love you you my number one but when i get mad at you i'm going over here don't worry about it i still love you though when you begin to take on that responsibility when you accept that bs as an answer you are taking responsibility for it and you are then telling them that it is okay with whatever they do to you because you're going to be there. And yes, baby, I understand. It's not me. It's you. Absolutely. And then the fourth option, I'm sick of the games. I'm sick of being hurt. I'm sick of feeling like I'm being used and I'm sick of attracting all the wrong people. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of wasting my time being in a relationship with the wrong person. If you've ever said this or something similar, you're not alone. We've talked to a lot of people who have been there. Heck, both of us were there once. Do you want to know a secret? We weren't rescued from there by luck, chance, or magically finding each other. We learned how to find each other on purpose, and we were willing to move on if we weren't happy with what we found. Do you want to know the method we used? Well, if you're really finished trying it your way, it's time to try Dating by Design. Dating by Design is a course we've developed that teaches what dating is and how to do it. We'll teach you how to date to find what you're looking for, how to be ready for what you're looking for, how to disqualify the unqualified, how to be empowered in dating, how to say no and walk away, and how to be open to healthy relationships. We'll teach you the mindset and method that helped us find, discern, and confirm 
that we were the best things that happened to each other since sliced bread. It's all in our program, Dating by Design. You'll find that and more in the Soul Ties Healthy Love Club. The fourth option is we observe, we acknowledge that this is not that that the person and their behavior are not two different things. Right. And we realize what we don't want and what takes our peace away and we walk away from it. The thing is, is that most people don't choose number four because they have such an incredible investment into the relationship. Mm -hmm. They have such an incredible investment into that person. Right. They have such an incredible investment into the vision that was kicked. They have an investment into the fantasy of the future. Yes. And so what happens well, is, yeah, go ahead, say it. Because, Come on because if you notice in the letter, she said, I've met his family. His friends know we're together. So I know where their relationship is headed. Yes. She said, how do you do Deal with this right. um, and how do you help me understand how this is how a person deals with this you know how this is how a person deals with their own issues right right you didn't say how can we make this relationship better you didn't say anything to the contrary that says you have an option to leave or you have an option out your entire letter was centered around the fact you said you know where their relationship is headed what does that mean hell or high water you gonna get there no matter what we tell you, you have made a decision now, in this letter, not saying where you're going to be after you get this advice, but in this letter, you made a statement that said, I know where we're headed. And so your goal is to get there. Your goal is not to be in a healthy relationship. Your goal is not to get you and your partner yes. the help that you need so that yes. you can live in a healthy relationship. Your goal is help me understand this so I can deal with it so we can get where I know we're headed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go, girl. Sorry. <laughs> you go, girl. Thank you. No, 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 that's good. So, okay. So let's go ahead and let's go back to observing. Let's go ahead and now let's break down what we've observed. So if we've observed three things in this letter about him so right. far. Number one is that he makes lousy decisions. Regardless, um, uh, he makes lousy decisions during conflict. Yes. You have to understand if he said that if he made distasteful, unloving, disrespectful decisions on a consistent basis, every time you have conflict, that he does not know how to make decisions when when the rubber meets the road. When hell comes, mm. he does not know how to how to stand against it. When things are going wrong, especially with you, he doesn't know how to deal with that. Now, that's a behavior that's a trait and you got to understand that it's already been repeated it's mm -hmm. already repetitive and so you can't get around that you have to identify that first number two is he's selfish understand that he could have done there there are many ways where we can make bad decisions let, let, let's be let's be honest Wait, yes there are a lot of ways that we make make, make One bad time decisions in a peer relationship i went out and bought a whole car was like watch this <laughs> <laughs> there, there is car. a bad, bad decision. decision. $20,000 in debt because you made me mad. I get it wasn't with Kenyon, but I'm just saying of course not. I've done it before. So I get it. So there's different ways we make bad decisions, but he chose and continues to choose a very specific way in order to, to, to fulfill himself. Chose. He chose a way in which he handles his decisions or which in which he handles the conflict. It's a very selfish way and it's a very self-indulgent way. Hey, listen, I don't like how I feel right now. I need to go somewhere to feel better about me. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? The third thing is something that a lot of people miss, but it's very, very important to catch. Mm -hmm. He's punishing. 
Yes. You have to understand that these are kind of, he are number one, he knows what he knows that what he's doing is wrong. That's the reason why he's apologizing. Mm-hmm. So he understands what he do what he does is wrong, but why does he do it? Well, number one is just to self is self-indulgent, but he's having the conflict with her. So every time he has a conflict with her, he disrespects her by sleeping with someone else. It becomes more than just getting my rocks off. I also have to prove to myself that I am in control. I can have what I want and I can punish you at the same time. Church. You understand what I'm saying? I understand what you're saying. Okay. Go ahead. Was that the last point there? Because I just. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jump on I just, in. I just wanted to jump in, but I didn't want to cut off your points. No. Um, be, and here's the thing. Going back to, again, your statement, I'm, I, I like to pretend I'm like an attorney, so I like to use historical statements to, to, to back up present statements, right? Again, we're talking about marriage, so we're headed towards marriage. Right. This is where we're going. Right. We're on this road. We're on the road of marriage. Mm-hmm. And while you're observing this person on the road to marriage, you're also observing what a husband is going to be like that is going to run and lead your household. You're observing the behavior of a man who says he wants to marry you and then he wants to be the leader of your household. He wants to be the coverer of your heart and your soul and your spirit. He wants to be the person that you have children with and grow to live with forever and ever. till Mm. death do you part. Yeah. This is the behavior of someone who you are effectively saying you want to be your husband. You have to look at how he is handling, like Kenyon said, his decisions at this point. How is he handling conflict? If he does this and y'all are only dating during fighting, how is he going to handle when money gets tight? How is he going to handle things when you get a promotion at your job and it makes him feel bad? How is he going to handle things if perhaps let's just say he loses his job and now he has to, to work through some stuff? He says this is how he deals with his personal issues and problems that he has within himself. So instead of me going to do the inner work on myself, baby, I'm gonna go ahead and do um, a whole lot of work on your heart and go stomp all over it by doing somebody else. Mm-hmm. This is what you're saying that is going to lead your household in your marriage. You've got to take a step back and say, if I put up with this right now, what is this saying that I'm allowing to lead me in my home in marriage? And you have to understand this. He's not apologizing in order to get your your mercy or your forgiveness. He's p- apologizing to get your consent. Here's the reason why we Ooh, know this. Apologizing to get your consent. Absolutely. And here's the reason why we know this. Because he has not taken responsibility. It's the conflict and it's, something, it's a problem that I have which is the reason that causes me to do what I do. I can't, I, these are two things that I can't control. I can't control my conflicts with you and I can't control this problem that I have with making bad yes. decisions. So yes. I'm telling you, I'm sorry so I can be relieved from the guilt so that you can continue to receive me so that you can consent. So when it happens again, I will feel less and less guilt and I will say I'm sorry less until this becomes our behavior. This becomes our our thing you will know when i'm about to go do you know what i'm about to go out and do what i'm going to do with someone else because of something that you did and this is that dark road this is that dark path now yes we can't tell her what to do we cannot tell you what to do. we can only tell you what that that observance the observance is that this is him right this is his character 
This is his behavior. It's been consistent. He's shown it consistently. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He told you it was a number of times. This is not something that you just learn to stop. This is not something that you just that you go cold turkey on. This is something that causes you need a mind that's transformed. You need Jesus. You need a, you need a transform. But really, you do. You need a transformation in your mind in a sense that you have to stop practicing these things that call that hurts other people. And that takes discipline mm. and accepting the responsibility and accountability for someone else's heart. Listen, and this is for the young lady who was in this right now. Uh-huh. I can almost bet you all the money I have in my bank account right now. I said almost this hypothetical. Don't nobody throw me no bet. I ain't going to give you the money. <laughs> I can almost bet you the money that I have in my bank account right now that this is not the relationship that you were sold on when y'all first started dating. Absolutely. This is not the relationship that you said that you wanted when you said, hey, I when, when he pitched marriage to you, when he threw marriage and dangled that carrot on the table to you, this is not the relationship that you envisioned for yourself. And so when you think about the relationship you envisioned for a marriage, because all of us who have been married before and either have been divorced or are either going through a divorce, none of us ever got married thinking it was going to end these things I'm not talking about little bitty things like I got anger management and I need to deal with my issues and I need to go work some things out and blah 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 this person goes and sleeps with other women this is not the marriage that I want for myself and if this is not the marriage that you want for yourself this is not the relationship that you want for yourself understand that you have an out by him coming to you and telling you that, listen, every time I get upset with you, I go out and cheat on you. I'm very sorry. I have internal issues, but when I get upset, that's how I deal. That's how I cope. You saw it as, oh, he's coming clean, but really you should be seeing it as, oh, he's giving me an out. So ask yourself, what is it that's keeping you from getting out? because you're not obligated here. There is nothing obligating you to this relationship, but you're, unfortunately, we understand your feelings, but also your hope of what he could become later. And chances are, if you've settled in yourself and said okay, and hugged on him and loved on him after he told you this information, you've given him a cushion to lay soft on to say that I can do this again. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, if I can be honest about kicking game, a lot of game that's kicked to women today is hope. The game of hope. Mm. I could probably marry you. You could be a winner at the game of hope. Remember that song? The uh, game of life. Game. Yes, yes, yes. I, I do, baby. So, <laughs> but the idea is, is that's what game is. Game is, is showing you hope that you can hang on to. So later on, when I begin to act a fool, that's something you can hold on to. Absolutely. You can look at hope without looking at me. You can look at hope and not look at what I'm doing to you. You can look at hope and not look at my behavior. I want you to look at hope and not observe me. And the problem is, is that we're trying to, you know, a lot of y'all are trying to date through faith and it's not working. <laughs> we date by faith, <laughs> date and, by not faith by and, and not by sight. <laughs> And it's not working and it's making it's making you fall by the wayside. You have to understand that faith is developed on trust. Mm. 
Faithfulness is developed on being trustworthy. If you don't have, if you don't trust them, you can't have faith in them. And that's where the hope, that's where true hope comes from. It's understanding that I trust you. So because I trust you, I will exercise that trust and waiting on you and hoping for you mm. to come home. Yes. If I don't trust you, what am I hoping for? Now I'm hoping for my heart to stop hurting. That's what I'm hoping for. And that's not faith. That's that's a necess- that's a need for healing. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, so I do. You can't you can't date in that vein. You can't date in that way. That's not how dating works. Dating is an opportunity to disqualify the unqualified. And as he has shown you, he is unqualified. If he shows up to the job late, each and every day and sometimes not at all and (laughs) because he's working another job then obviously he doesn't want to work at your company it's time to let him go so he can have with no severance and no benefits huh rabasha (laughs) there you go i hope we answered that question so here's the thing here's the thing here's a question to ask ask you all of you who've been through this situation, I saw someone who said that there are uh, several who are married and in this situation have who been are in this telling situation. you, sis, don't do it. Don't do it. Now, for those who are dating, there there is counseling for those who's married. It's, Absolutely. There, we have answers for that, too, but not in this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you can answer at the end. But right now, for those of you who are dating, let me ask you a question. Is this something you want to deal with indefinitely in a relationship in which you've thrown your heart to? Is this what you want? And if this is not what you want, then they are not what you want. Yes, ma'am. If this is not what you want also, then you need to give yourself the proper amount of time to take a step back. You don't even have to break up with them right away. You need to give yourself the proper time to take a step back and develop some boundaries and then honestly ask them, is this something that they are going to stop doing and then observe them in your relationship and how they deal with it? Because again, you don't, the relationship doesn't need to be fixed at this point, his behavior and his coping skills and how he deals with his issues is what needs to be fixed. If you take a step back from the relationship right now and you say this is not what you want and you make it a stipulation that he either gets help with his issues consistently for a period of 90 days or more, then you will begin to resume the relationship. But honestly, people who are grooming you to deal with their bad behavior and their bad choices are going to show you exactly who they are when you begin to put down standards and boundaries around your heart. But that's what you need to do. This is not what you want. Fine. Don't break up, but take a step back. And by take a step back, I mean, remove sex off the table. If you, if you are having sex, I don't want to judge. I don't want to assume. Stop indulging his behavior in a relationship that is not working. Step back and be single, but with the opportunity to open. Somebody asked how long is long as enough time. There is no time limit. You watch them. Right. That's like, oh, for 90 days? For 30 days, I ain't got to do nobody else? Boom. Takara said minimal 90 days or more because you're not going to see a change. Understand this. Number one, understand. Thank you, babe. Understand this. You're not obligated to to wait for them. 
you're emotionally married, but you're not actually married to them. You're not obligated to wait for them to change. You're not obligated to help them change. You're not obligated to be a part of the change. Amen. You are not obligated to them because you are simply a date, a temporary circumstance. So what happens is, is that you step away as a date and allow them to roll on. And you, and if you want to be back with them later on, you continue to observe. And if you don't observe the right things, then you move on. Don't put a date on it. I think that's the worst thing we can we always put dates on things we always put time limits on things and when we put time limits on things we end up falling short because we think the clock has rung and everything should be fine no you you look at them and see are mm. you fine are you better if you if you're not better then i better get going go ahead amen what i also wanted to say was because here's what's going to happen when you begin to lay down boundaries, when you begin to lay down some stipulations for receiving um, me and receiving the gift of me in your life any further, any further. what's going to happen is number one, <laughs> number one, they're going to, for a period of time, temporarily be on their best behavior until they feel like they've got you back in your good gracious again. Number two, they are going to say, um, well, forget you. And you'll, they'll say they're going to work on it, but honestly, you'll notice that they're probably out there not changing, unmoved and unbothered and just waiting for you to come around. So they're going to punish you more by starting to now string you along and treat you like garbage. Or number three, you'll begin to see somebody who actually seeks help. Seeking help. You cannot help them. You cannot leave them. You cannot look for resources for them. They have to want this and do this on their own. Right. This is what you need to observe. The hardest thing that's going to be for you if you're taking that step away and taking that step back is the idea and the mentality that we see with married people yeah. when we talk about working separations. Well, if I take a step back from them, I'm giving them the opportunity to go be with somebody else. You don't control them. But that's what you're looking for. You you're looking make, yeah. for their behavior apart from you. If I cannot trust you mm. in this situation to say you're going to go get the help that you need so you can treat me better, sis, you got your answer. You got exactly what you were looking for them to do. I understand it's hard and I understand that it hurts. But if you are going to legitimately be in a relationship long enough, you need to know that that person is going to work for your heart and not screw you over. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm reading. Man, man. Someone said, pray. Not that God changed them. That's a very good. Mm, uh -huh, that's uh -huh. very good advice uh -huh. uh, because you want to be with them. But for the right man to be in your life and if it's him to give you and if it's him to give you patience for whatever amount of time he need he needs to make. the no. change. OK, so. Well, here <laughs> here's no, I, I would say I would pray for not the patience, because, again, I'm not obligated to you. Absolutely. I would pray for the strength to get my own healing and to know that I deserve more. I would pray God to allow me to see myself the way you see me. So I know that I don't have to deal with somebody who cheats on me repeatedly because they don't know how to deal with their issues. Absolutely. That's what I'm praying for. I need to be strong and love myself enough to know that this is not God's best for me. Absolutely. We have to be, we have to, get to a place we can't treat dating like it's marriage that's a whole totally different conversation it's not and exactly exactly and 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 we can't continue to listen some people just want to be who they are 
And they're not going to change and they don't have to change and nothing you do is going to make them change. And God doesn't change us because, I mean, again, you've, you guys heard me say this. God so loved the world, the entire world for all times, for all, all, for all times in all space. He loved everyone enough to give his best, his only begotten son. But still, we are set with a choice to receive it. And some people just will not receive you and continue to disrespect you in their behavior. So let them go. You have to, they, they have, uh, uh, regarding you, they are now reprobate. Amen. Listen, <laughs> I saw I saw a bunch of um, comments earlier on where people were saying, this is a narcissist, this is narcissistic behavior. Kenyon and I are very strong on our stance on labeling somebody um, a psychological term yeah. um, without them being properly diagnosed. But here's the, the understanding, ladies, that we need to understand before we start labeling somebody something um, because of how they're treating us. Understand it does not take a psychological disorder for somebody to just be a jerk. It does not take a psychological disorder for somebody to be selfish. It does not take any sort of disorder for somebody to be everything that we don't need in our lives. Sometimes this is just who they are. No title needed. Sometimes we give titles to things and assign titles to people because it makes us feel better for walking away. It makes us feel better for coping with it or it makes us feel better for dealing with their behavior because this is a sickness. This is a disorder. This is an illness. So we feel better when we attach a title to it. Understand that I don't care what you give it. Number one, we can't be haphazardly throwing out titles and disorders on people anyway, but we need to stop looking for signs and titles on people and start looking for how they're treating you and is it good or bad. Um, Everybody who was on social media today has been known to be a, a narcissist because of how the reward system works with the likes and the dislikes and the reactions and the emotions and all that different stuff. We can't necessarily label someone that. What we can do is assign characteristics to them. That's the easiest thing. They are selfish. They are self-indulgent. Um, they are punitive in how they deal with things. They have bad coping skills. Doesn't need to be a disorder. Allow them to be who they are, who they are, and walk away knowing that. Listen, I deserve better. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I was looking up something, but but yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely, fantastic. Yeah, we want to get away, and that is, is important to get away from labeling. Um, it's uh, because we're unfortunately when we begin to label, we give more chances because we don't hold them accountable for who they are thank you for listening to the soul ties podcast recorded live on facebook and distributed to itunes and soundcloud now if you're on itunes we can't grow without you so help spread the love rate us leave a review and share your favorite episodes and don't forget to subscribe to the soul ties podcast so you won't miss any future topics or your questions being answered. Do you have questions that you want us to answer? Just visit relationshipgoals.tv. That's relationshipgoals, all one word, dot TV. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.